Go get it if I want it Gotta make to myself a promise I won't quit, keep going till I got it I won't give up till I'm on top Yo, no, I ain't the type to give up If I do something, man, I do it till I get what I want I turn a business out of nothing into something I love I got a poker face, but honestly, I'm not one to bluff I flip a switch Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery Where we consider life and how to get through it happily Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery. Thank you for listening and spending a little time with me today. You know, I I don't have a lot of listeners because I'm building a base and I've said from day one that I'm doing this simply because I've reached an age and I've lived a life and I've picked up a little wisdom along the way and I feel like maybe I'm not that special, I'm not that unique. There's somebody out there that might connect with what I have to say. And I share things from my own life to help make my point, maybe just to let you see that you're not the only one that's ever been through these things. But the, the biggest theme is about living your true life, living the life you want to live, not being stuck in a job or a relationship or a place that is not bringing you fulfillment and happiness. I mean, we're not all happy constantly. Life has ups and downs. But you should generally live a life that feels fulfilling, that feels like it's the life you want. And I talk about things that I believe ultimately we do, that we shoot ourselves in the foot. And to kind of make the point about this today, I'm going to use an example. We all know the royal family. We all know Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Maybe more than we want to, but to some extent, we all know them. They're in the press enough. We've been exposed to them enough that that we know. And I am actually going to, I am officially going to dub it what I'm going to talk about today, Prince Harry Syndrome. You know, syndromes get named after the person who discovers them or the person who brings them into the public consciousness. And he's a great example because he has thrown this and all of our faces so intensely. So I'm going to call it Prince Harry syndrome. And you know, I don't want I don't want him to have Prince Harry syndrome because ultimately I think it's going to hinder his happiness, but I I don't want any of us to have it and many of us do. And I'm going to use him as an example because if you follow him even superficially, you will know the stories that I'm talking about. So you know, he wrote a book and he recounted his his life in the royal family, being brought up in the royal family. And there's an overriding theme, at least my perspective. I haven't read the book. I've read enough excerpts of it that I feel like I've read it. And my takeaway is that, you know, he, he claims to have dug deep in his soul and to have grown from this. And he seems to think that he's more enlightened than the rest of his family. But I kind of call, I'm going to call bullshit on that a little bit. Because, okay, let's use some examples here. When he was, I believe, late teens or early 20s, he went to a party and he was famously photographed wearing a Nazi uniform. He now says that he was, and I'm paraphrasing, lambasted publicly for that. 
and that his brother, the now Prince of Wales, and his sister-in-law, the now Princess of Wales, knew of this costume and found it funny. Now, here's the thing, and this is something that lots of us have been guilty of. Many of us do this in our everyday life. Let's dissect who should really own that. At the end of the day, he ultimately made a choice to wear that outfit, knowing how it could have been perceived. Now, I'm not going to say that at that age, we didn't all make questionable judgments, just like that. But he's in a unique position publicly. Is it his brother's fault or should his brother have shared in the culpability simply because he knew about it and laughed about it? Did he condone it? Did he pick it out? Did he okay it? Even if he did, Prince Harry ultimately made the decision for himself as a grown man, young man, but grown man, to do it anyway. And he's not owning it. He sees himself as a victim because his brother knew about it, and I don't know, didn't stop him, that his brother should have shared in the public shaming about it. On another note, he also, quite publicly famously, made a trip to Las Vegas. First, he was photographed in the pool, drunk. I mean, he had drink in his hand, and he certainly appeared like what I would call drunk with a bunch of unknown women. The party continued in his suite, and photographs were taken of him completely naked, plain strip pool. Now, in the book, he brings this up, and he says, well, I'm the one that suggested we play strip pool and I had some level of trust that these people weren't going to photograph me and these, I forget the word he used, sketchy or unscrupulous women, you know, betrayed him and took these photos. And again, no ownership. Again, we have all made these kinds of dumb choices around that age bracket, because I think he was, again, very early 20s. But here's the thing. He knows better than the rest of us the press and the value of a photo of him going public, what it can literally be sold for, and that to everyday people getting $10,000, $20,000 or more for a photo is a significant amount of money. And what basis did he have to think that he could trust these seemingly sort of strangers that he was partying with? I mean, we've all been to parties and we all know that pictures get taken and things get out there. He should have known this more than anybody. He goes on and on in his book about what the press did to his mother, about how the press has hounded him. He and his wife have sued the press a number of times. So it wasn't just a typical 20... 22, 23-year-old guy out partying in Vegas and his friends threw some pictures up on social media. This was a guy who has lived his life under the scrutiny of the public microscope and he is more than aware of the ramifications of that. But that wasn't his fault. That was the fault of the people he was partying with who, again, he's a victim. They betrayed him. You know, he goes on in many interviews, but as well in his book, that you know, within his family, that if there is a negative spin that's going to happen publicly, 
they will throw him or other people under the bus in order to retain the integrity of the higher-ranking family members, such as his brother. Okay, that happens in corporate America every day. And if you knew this, then you should have known how to work within that system. Okay, he says that when he began dating his now wife, Megan, that this behavior increased and he feels or implies that it was because of her being biracial. Okay, so there's so many things about that. First of all, I myself am biracial. I was raised in a time before them when we weren't quite as enlightened as we are now. So if he thinks it was it's imperfect now, boy, he should have seen the late 1960s. But anyway, moving on. Okay, he also at the same time discusses how his mother was hounded by the press literally until her dying breath. His brother has been hounded by the press. His sister-in-law has been hounded by the press. The entire family has been hounded by the press. Is it different because his wife is biracial and they're not? I mean, I grew up watching the whole Diana Charles thing on the news in your face on every magazine cover every day. I don't think that what any of them has been through even scratches the surface of what that woman went through publicly with the press, with the paparazzi. You know, it's not even fair to make a comparison there. But he does continuously compare what his wife has been put through to what his mother went through. And I'm older than him. I remember it better than he does. And I don't think there's any comparison. And she was white. I mean, I think it has a lot more to do with money than race. Now, I realize there have been some racial comments made. But, you know, they picked on Diana that, you know, because she was too skinny, what she wore or didn't wear that day. I mean, isn't that body shaming? Uh, they pick on Kate for all kinds of things. You know, William has been accused of having an affair with a neighbor. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But having that said, certainly is going to create a speed bump in your marriage whether you did it or you didn't do it. It's something that's in your face now and you have to deal with it. Charles, I mean... We could argue all day whether he deserved it or not, but he was raked over the red-hot coals during his marriage to Diana. Okay, so, you know, what I'm saying is it's sort of just something that happens to people at a certain level in the public eye. And, again, he's not owning any of that. He's not saying, you know, to an extent, this is very common within the royal family. This is common to what Megan stepped into, but I don't appreciate the racial remarks that have been made. He just concludes that in her case, it's all because of race. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. And I haven't heard every word he's uttered about it. But it's another instance where he doesn't seem to be owning it. And then he does go on to say, well, you know, I've done things wrong, too. Not that he states any of them, and I'm willing to own them, you know, but my family has to come to me first. And you see, people, this is something that we all do, and it stunts you from growing. 
I have in my life, my friends, my close circle of friends refer to me, they always say, you should have been a politician because I'm always known as the voice of reason. And they say that as they've gotten older, they really appreciate it, where it used to irritate them. And many times I've been accused of being too understanding, too reasonable. I see other perspectives too strongly. But, you know, it has helped me grow. And whether you agree with the other perspective or not, you do have to realize if there's another human involved, there is another perspective involved. And you have to begin rationalizing it somehow for your own mental health. Too many of us in society now have taken stories and the lead of people like Prince Harry to turn ourselves into perpetual victims in every single scenario and not see another perspective at all, not being able to rationalize it at all. And most importantly, not owning any of our own culpability, not saying, hey, you know, what could I have done differently that would have produced a better outcome? How could I have handled this better? You know, hey, maybe even if my big brother laughed his butt off and said, hey, yeah, wear that Nazi uniform, I could have taken a second and thought and made a decision for me and said, no. But here I am at nearly 40 years old, and it's everybody else's fault because they failed to point me in the right direction. And even after I'd been duped by these people a number of times, I continued to take their lead because it's still their fault that I did these things. I mean, I can't believe that I got drunk partying in Vegas with a bunch of people I barely knew, and they betrayed me and put out public pictures of me displaying what I admit was my own decision to play strip pool. I mean, if you own these decisions, it empowers you and puts you in a better position to make better decisions next time and to look out for you and take care of you. If you keep putting the onus on the rest of the world, you're going to continue to be the victim because you apparently don't know how to make a decision or choice on your own. You need someone else to lead you around by the nose. Is that still their fault? No, it's yours. Because you need to grow up, take accountability, take responsibility, put on your big girl panties, put on your big boy boxers, whatever you want to say. Make decisions for you. Weigh out what's going on in your own life. Decide what is the best decision for you, regardless of if the crowd is cheering for you to do this or not. And then you can own it. But you can't sit there and keep continuously saying, well, every bad thing that ever happened to me is because somebody else told me that I should do it, that it was funny, that it was a good idea. Where's the part where you say, wow, and I was so dumb, I never stopped and thought, are they right? How's this going to play out? How could this potentially affect me? Because let me tell you, if you're not looking out for you, there is little reason in this world to believe that anyone else is. And that is part of the big secret. I'm not that special. I'm not that different than you. If you want to solve the problems in your life, start with yourself. Don't find a reason why everything that has 
not worked in your life is someone else's fault or responsibility or they share responsibility. Grow up, own it, own your part, change your part, do differently next time, think differently, look out for yourself, and you will begin to see more positive things happening in your life, assuming you're making positive choices. So I hope this has helped. You know, ponder it. Think about it a minute. I hope I use an example that you can relate to, but we're going to keep talking about this because that's the whole point of this show. To think about life, to think about how to be happy, to think about how to find the life that you want to live. So if you like the show, tell people about the show. If you want to support the show, go to the link and become a subscriber. In the meantime, enjoy your week. So where is all the positivity? I feel like we all just hate on everything is killing me. Thoughts build quick, causing different possibilities. Negative thoughts will cause different disabilities. So do better. Work hard under pressure. If you got no time, work smarter than ever. Don't ever let them tell you that you can't ever say never. And turn your mind into the truest to go get.